This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You've tuned in to Canada's favorite mobile technology and app radio show. We are The App Show. I'm Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler, and we have a great program for you today. Uh, later on, we'll uh, be telling you about uh, a new Wordle game or clone. If you're a movie fan, you're going to like this. We'll also be talking with the folks over at Turo uh, about their app. It's kind of like the Airbnb for cars. Yeah. You want to rent a car or you want to rent your car? You'd be surprised at how much money you can make. Like, you could do a car payment within a week, depending on what kind of car you have. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. If you like people in your car. <laughs> Would you do it? No. No. I, I wouldn't be opposed to it. My problem is my, my seats are white. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, it just I feel there's a lot that could go wrong. Well, that's exactly why I don't want to do it. <laughs> anyway, uh, Many people are doing it. So we're, we're going to be talking with the folks at Turo and learning what it's uh, all about. And we're going to be uh, chatting with the folks over at Hover. There hasn't been really any major new browser launches in years. And this is a new mobile browser that really has a, a really neat hook to it. It's kind of a social mobile browser. So you can still surf your favorite websites, but now you can actually engage and uh, talk with the community depending what site you're going to. Not depending on any site. You don't have to log into their chat boards and message boards. It's just kind of on top of it. Yes. Anyway, we'll get the lowdown on that uh, as well. Okay, John, let's look at some of the the news this week. Uh, this is kind of uh, interesting. Uh, Fitbit finally getting approval for their heart monitoring feature on Fitbits. In the U.S. In the U.S. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not in Canada yet. Not yet. Yeah. So this is basically just to detect things like AFib. Yeah. Yeah. Not the heartbeats, because they can do that already. Right, yeah. But that's been something a lot of these wearables have been promising, and not many have them. I know Apple Watch does, but others don't. Well, that's kind of the crazy thing, is this stuff's built into the tech. They just haven't been able to turn it on. Yeah, because they have to get medical approval. Yeah. Like from, is it the FDA? It, in the U.S., it's the FDA. Yeah, yeah. and Health Canada here? In, I, would, yeah. I, I would imagine so. So I just find it funny, John, because they have these big announcements. Hey, our watch can shoot lasers to the moon but you know until they get approval for it it doesn't really work right right yeah well it's not a valid medical device well so. i mean is afib detection on an apple watch a mat a valid medical diagnosis no, no it, it, and they, they they put disclaimers all over it saying don't take this as you know the 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 word from your doctor this is a reason to go talk to your doctor yes Let's move on to uh, VLC. VLC is a very popular video watching program. <laughs> Did I? Video watching program? Video software? Video media player? Playback software, yeah. Yes. So, or I streaming mean, software? It will play anything. Literally anything. Yeah. Any file format you can... Even if you don't have a file extension on that file, it'll figure out how to play it. Is it fancy? No. Does it need to be? No. I mean... Every nerd in the world uses this. Uh, if you need to play a video file, use it. However, Chinese hackers apparently have hacked into some of these. Yeah, there's a hacking group called Cicada, and they're apparently using VLC to launch malware on Windows machines. Because this is the problem. Like we said, this software is capable of running almost any file type as media. <laughs> yes, and it can open it can open like CDs, DVDs, uh, network streams. Yep. So 
what if you could inject malware into those streams? Which they have figured out. So how, how, how does one protect themselves against this if they're using VLC? Obviously keep up to date with the latest version. Yeah, basically it's, it's the standard copy and paste that we always say is keep up to date with the software, use strong passwords and back up all your important data. Yeah. Because if they figure out a way ahead of any protective measures you have, whether it's uh, antivirus or anything like that, they're going to get whatever they want to get. So all you can do is be as bulletproof everywhere else you can. Yeah. So yeah, just keep up to date. If you haven't updated recently, maybe update now. Very good. Uh, what else we got in the uh, the app or mobile news there, John? Uh, DuckDuckGo. That's a very popular private browser. Yep. Uh, that we've had them on the show. It, yep. It's quite excellent. It is. Yeah. yeah. If you if you value your privacy, you're probably already using it. Yeah. And if you don't know what it is, you should go check it out. DuckDuckGo. It's a it's a browser now available natively on the Mac. Yeah. So it just. Before, it wasn't. <laughs> no, it was just a site you go to and yeah. you search through that site. Yeah. But on mobile, it's been a browser. So, uh, Also in the mobile news, CNN Plus. I see. I, I go to CNN.com every day and I see CNN Plus. I don't know what it is. It's there's... Apparently not many other people do either. <laughs> well, yeah. they There's not a lot of people watching this. Yeah. And it's basically their online-only streaming channel. It's a subscription channel, though. So it's is it a live version of CNN? If no, you don't have cable, not necessarily. No. 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 Okay. Although maybe. Yeah. I, I haven't tried it myself, but I just I, like you. I watch CNN at home all the time. Yeah. Because I actually get it on my TV, and um, they advertise this all the time. Yeah. And it sounds like they're just not getting a lot of viewers. Part of the problem is that it's six dollars US a month, or sixty bucks a year. Yeah, it's a hard one. There's a lot of free news. Well, yeah. And breaking news you, you gets to you somehow. Yeah, and all that false news on Facebook. Right. <laughs> okay, we are going to have to take a break. So much to talk about. Uh, we got the Turo folks, kind of like the Airbnb for cars. We'll also be talking about a really cool site that does MRI scans of everyday objects. It sounds weird, but it's actually ultra cool. It's called Scan of the Month. And uh, we'll give you the lowdown on that too. But up uh, next, uh, it's all about Turo and then uh, H, or sorry, Hover, the world's first social web browser. Stay tuned. Back after this. With the program, Mike and John here. Uh, lots of uh, cool innovations have happened over the years uh, when it comes to travel, for example. It's been much easier to book travel through sites like Expedia, Travelocity, uh, Airbnb came along where you could actually rent out your home. Yep. Or apartment, which is amazing. We use it all the time when we're traveling. All the time. Well, that innovation uh, is in the car world as well. One of the leaders uh, is Turo. They are in Canada here for a few years now. So we've uh, got a great guest on the line. His name's Cedric Matthew. Uh, he is uh, one of the vice presidents of Canada for Turo. And uh, we're going to just learn a little bit more on how it all works. And uh, thank you for joining us, Cedric. Hi, thanks for having me. So... How does it work? You download the app, uh, and there's two ways to use it, essentially, isn't there? I mean, you could be one of the people that wants to rent out their car, or you could be a person that wants to rent a vehicle for a day or week or whatever. Exactly. Yeah, Turo is a peer-to-peer platform. So it's really a platform letting individual car owners, uh, we call them hosts, uh, safely share their own cars with others in exchange for a fee uh, and for uh, you know, people who need quick, easy, affordable access to a car uh, to really book any car they want, anywhere they want it, um, 
anytime from this community of, of trusted hosts. Um, it's really easy. You can uh, go on the App Store or the Google Play Store and download our app uh, or go straight to our website, throw.com. And then you'll be able to either list your car, um, you know, set your availability, your price, take some photos, add the description, and then your car would be available for others to book. Uh, or you can, you know, go on the app and browse uh, the amazing selection of cars that's available on Turo uh, for your next adventure. So if you want to rent a car, like what are some of the, the things that you need to have? Like, do you have to be a certain age? Obviously, you've got to have a driver's license, <laughs> I imagine. Uh, is the insurance taken care of on, on the other end? That kind of stuff. Yeah, so you obviously have to have a driver's license uh, that's valid. Uh, you have to be 23 years old, um, and uh, you know that's that's about it. Um, you know, and then from from there, uh, you'd be able to um, kind of sign up to Turo and browse the selection of cars, and then send a request to uh, the many hosts that we have on the platform. Uh, and then those hosts would accept your request, and uh, you'd be on your way for a great adventure. Um, some of our cars have what we call instant book, uh, so as a as a traveler you can just go on the app and uh, actually uh, book the car instantly uh, which a lot of our uh, guests really like so how do i get the car then like if i if i go to another city and i want to rent a car you know typically i go through a car rental service either at the airport or they've got you know thrifties and avises you know all scattered through the city like if i go through the app and i want to rent uh, a mustang uh, from so and so like how do i get that car uh, it's it's really uh, up to the guests and the host to decide. Um, we uh, what we see on the platform is two main use cases. Uh, the first one is the guest actually traveling to uh, the, the host place where the car is listed, uh, and so the guests would get there on their own and then meet the hosts and walk around the car and be on their way. Uh, or and our guests really love that option. Uh, hosts are offering the delivery of the car uh, directly to where the guest is located. Um, you know, you're in a hotel. The host actually delivers the car right to you, um, and, and that's an option that, uh, of course, some of our hosts uh, charge extra for. But also, a lot of our hosts are actually offering this for free. Um, and as you can imagine, this is a uh, uh, you know something that's very unique about Throw and, and something you don't get in traditional car rental, and, and that's why this feature is so popular on the on the Throw app. What kind of pricing are we looking at for for a daily rate? I know it depends on the car. Uh, you know, from a, a Honda to a Ferrari, um, like what, what's what's a range that you've seen? It, it's it's really uh, hard to tell because uh, what's unique about Tro is the, the amazing selection of cars that we have. We have uh, more than thirteen hundred Mexican models on the platform. Uh, we like to say we have anything from you know A three to Z four. Um, you know, it goes from a Honda at twenty five dollars a day to a Tesla at you know two hundred and fifty dollars a day. Um, and that's kind of the, the kind of range uh, in the offering that uh, is available only on Throw. Um, and so um, it just makes for a great experience for, for people. And, and that's one of the main things that um, that people book on Throw for. So you mentioned like Hondas and Teslas, like could I rent a Porsche or a Ferrari? You could definitely. We have uh, all sorts of cars on platform, Porsches, Ferraris, uh, Teslas, Lamborghinis even. Uh, it's really up to you to choose what uh, you want for, for your trip. You could start renting your car out, John. Make a, <laughs> make a few extra bucks. I, I could, yeah. So let's talk about that, uh, Cedric. Uh, if I want to rent my car, what's involved with that? What do I have to do with my car? And what kind of availability do I need to give it? I guess that's like an Airbnb. Like It's just whatever you want. 
Exactly. I think one of the key aspects of the tour experience, uh, especially for hosts, is that you're in control. Um, it's really up to you to decide uh, what you want to do with your car on the road. Um, and so when you're listing your car, uh, you're going to be able to set a price and your availability for the car. Um, and so if you want to make your car available on weekends only, it's really up to you, or on weekdays or all week long, uh, you, you're in charge of that. Um, we, as Throw, can help you set the right price for your car. And that's something that hosts like as well, because it's not always easy to know exactly what you could get uh, for your specific make and model in your area. Uh, but, but again, like you're in control and, and you decide. Um, and so as long as your car is in good mechanical condition um, and uh, has gone through a recent uh, safety inspection and has less than 200,000 kilometers on the odometer, uh, you're good to go. The car also has to be less than 12 years old. Uh, what, what's really important uh, to understand in the true experience is that insurance is part of the experience is in, included um, in, in the true experience. And so as a host, when you list your car on the platform, you know that you're covered. Um, the insurance that True provides in partnership with economical insurance uh, covers the car for the entire duration of the trip. Uh, meaning that as soon as you give the keys to the car to your guests, it's the Truro provided insurance that's the acting insurance on the trip. Uh, and then as soon as you get the car back, you're back to your kind of personal insurance. So whatever happens during the trip, you'll be covered by the Truro insurance and your personal insurance will not get touched. This is a very important aspect uh, of the of the Truro experience. But your car would have to be insured in some way. I couldn't just have an uninsured car. Do you know what I mean? Is no, that- you, you have to hold personal insurance on your car yeah. or anything happening outside of the of the road trip. So it, it doesn't matter what kind of insurance, whether I'm using my car for work or for pleasure. It doesn't matter because uh, the, the moment that the customer takes it, it's covered by your insurance. Exactly. As long as the car is insured outside of the road, uh, you, you're good to go. I imagine this would be a great way to offset your monthly car payments. I, I think so, right? Like, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, I went on, on, on the app, like I have a Tesla Model 3, and just depending on, you know, which kind and, and you know, how new it is, it, I mean, it could be anywhere from 100 to 200 bucks a day. Yeah. Which, you know, you rent it out for a week and that's your car payment really, isn't it? Yeah, you know, when you look at uh, how much people are using their cars, it's actually impressive to see that cars are sitting idle at 95% of the time. Uh, and so Toro is all about kind of unlocking that excess capacity and trying to turn the uh, individual car ownership model on its head and help people make car ownership more affordable by just showing their cars when they're not using it. Um, and so, um, you know, in the past 12 months, to give you a sense of how much uh, money our hosts are making on the platform, uh, the average host on Toro in Canada made $798 per month uh, sharing their cars on the platform. And so you imagine what you're spending on your own car payments and, uh, you know, the cost of car ownership in general, this is usually, you know, enough to offset the cost of car ownership or even more, turn a little profit on it. Uh, and a lot of hosts are doing this to do exactly that. What is the minimum amount of time you can rent a car for? Like, could I do this while I'm at work and my car is sitting idle for eight hours? Uh, or is that not practical because people typically want it for a whole day? So um, as a guest, you could book a car for a few hours and, you know, up until like several weeks. Uh, but um, on Truro, the minimum price you will pay is 
for day. Um, so as a host, you could, again, like the, the minimum uh, you can rent out your car for is a day. Um, and uh, and that's really, you know, the, the average duration of, of trips on tour are roughly three and a half days. Uh, so it's really a car sharing platform that's geared more towards the travel use case, people getting out of the cities uh, and, you know, people who may actually live without a car in, in, in a big city like Toronto or Vancouver, uh, but who need a car to get outside of the city and go on a short weekend getaway or vacation, they'll go to Toronto to, to find the car they want to do that. Uh, or of course, also some travelers coming from out of province or out of market and uh, booking a car for a few days, uh, you know, similar to what they would be doing with a kind of traditional car rental company. We've been talking with Cedric Matthew. He is uh, the VP over at uh, Turo, a fantastic app for uh renting out cars. So if you don't want to go through a car rental agency, this is a, a great alternative and really wide selection of cars. You know, I've had a look through there. And if you want to make a little bit of change on the side with your own car, I mean, you could even possibly cover your car payment uh, by renting it out for a few days or, or a week or two a month. Cedric, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Again, if you want to check that app out, it's available on the Apple App Store and also the Google Android store. And that's Turo, T-U-R-O. T-U-R-O. When we come back from the break, more tech to talk. Stay tuned. You are back with the program. Mike and John here. Well, we've got a great guest on the line. Uh, they've come up with a, a new way to surf the web, a social way called Hover. H-V-R. H-V-R. I would call it Hoover. Hoover. No, it's called Hover. Uh, we've got Nelson Thal on the line to tell us all about it. Thanks for uh, joining us, Nelson. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me, guys. Um, big fan of your site. Beautiful looking site. And uh, I do follow it in Hover, which is a, a new mobile browser that makes it easy to follow sites and discuss them all in one app. And with traditional browsing, we always found when you got to a site and you wanted to talk about it, you'd have to copy paste links into countless other places or share it into the DMs or emails and other social networks. And the conversations we recognized were largely happening in a dislocated fashion to the websites themselves. So those conversations would be happening in Twitter or they'd be happening in an email thread. And a lot of that engagement was never really getting back to the publisher. And as a user, it's, it's disorganized and all over the place. So we wanted to create a browser that enabled us in a, with a simple way to comment on sites and have discussions right in context in a new social layer to the web. So with Hover, you can surf as you normally do, but you can quickly start or join conversations on any web page. There's a discussion thread in a layer, like a drawer that layers on top of every page and you can quickly comment on the site for all of your followers to see. So you can follow other people and you get all of the comments that they're leaving across the web and you can hop into discussions on the sites that you're interested in. So it creates this new browsing experience that really is around centered around discovery of content from your favorite publishers and conversations that are happening across the web. So you've kind of married a web browser with a social platform. Am I kind of getting that in a nutshell? Absolutely. It really blends the best features of browsing and social media 
to create this space where it's easy to discover and discuss the sites that you're interested in. I imagine this would make it easier, like, because a lot of these sites, they do have places where they have message boards and discussion boards, but obviously you'd have to sign up for every single one of those, right? Whereas with Hover, it's just Hover. I mean, you can go to CNN, I can go to Amazon, I can go to Mashable, and there's just that layer on there. I can just start commenting and getting involved in discussions with the, the community. Exactly. And um, one of the issues that you have with fragmented um, comment sections is although, yes, you can engage in a conversation on that specific web page, you don't have a discovery mechanism built into an overarching platform that sits atop all that conversation. So, for example, you take Get Connected. So, yes, you put a comment plugin on a page, but how are people really discovering your content? How are they following the site? How are they um, really, um, you know, it doesn't become part of a larger experience that addresses the issues of making sure an audience that is interested in the new content that you've published actually arrives at the site and then can engage in conversation right there. And the beautiful thing about Hover is when they comment on your site, it goes to their followers when their followers tap on the comment, then that person's delivered right to your web page and the conversation opens up right in context. So it's part of a holistic solution to the web and discussion across the web. So one of the things that we've seen in the last few years is let's just call it freedom of speech. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So so I'm just curious who's moderating these layered conversations on top of other sites? Great questions. So um, fundamentally, our goals for moderation is uh, that sites are ultimately given a rating based on the context of that website. And uh, based on that rating that RAI gives the site, uh, we have certain levels of acceptable discourse that are on that, that are available on that page. A lot of that technology was integrated through um, uh, services we use through AWS, and um, it really is you know one of the beautiful things about Hover is the the context of the website gives us a tremendous amount of grounding, so to speak, as it relates to what really is acceptable conversation in a location on the web. So you you know you may have a a website that is fairly racy where you have an acceptable level of discourse, but you also have a site like your website that is not a racy site where you would not accept certain types of conversations. We're kind of more of a sexy site. I, no, no, Yeah, or pro probably well, not. The beautiful thing is, um, <laughs> one, as part of Hover, we have our Hover Site Partner Program. And this is our affiliate partnership program for publishers. And uh, websites can become site partners and earn commissions in recurring revenue based on the, uh, not only users they sign up to the platform, but based on users visiting their site. And as a site partner, you set that level of moderation that uh, people have on your site, and you gain a tremendous amount of analytics on what's happening across your pages. So th this is kind of interesting. I'm just gonna start throwing some stuff out here. Like, as a publisher, like we're publishing stuff on our website, and I guess we'd like to try to control our own, not control, but like have more ownership Post of the your own party yeah but our, our ownership of our our community and, and and content and i guess some people might think that hover would be taking that away because there's a whole other layer kind of existing on top of that but what you're saying is that's offset by 
the amount of extra following you could get to your website because all the users that are commenting there, people following them can more easily find my content. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, we are very much uh, focused on empowering you to uh, not only have, um, you know, you shouldn't be in a position. Our goal is not for you to be concerned about that conversation. We want to empower you to to feel confident that 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 conversation is within your what you deem as acceptable for your site. And we want to give you the tools to manage that community, because right now your communities that are discussing your content exists pretty well everywhere but your site yes and and that's an, an unfortunate situation um because you know the history of the inspiration really for hover is i grew up in the newspaper business and my grandfather started uh um got involved in the newspaper business in the 40s and in the 50s he had an opportunity to buy a fifth of the toronto star and we were in the business ever since and when we were young teenagers, we were set up in meetings with our partners at the company. And we brought our flip, first flip phones and we said to them, you know, it would be great if I could take pictures of the Gardner Expressway crumbling or the highways crumbling, gardens in the Toronto highways crumbling or potholes in the city and submit those to the star. And they said, you know, son, I don't think that you really understand the operation we've got going on here. We've got photographers for this. We've got journalists for this. We don't need anybody to submit their pictures. And we recognize that, wow, they're so willing to give up all of this you, this audience participation, these contributions. And if the mindset were different, all of that, that community could have been harnessed by the publisher and all that conversation and contribution would be right on the places they own, except for being scattered across the web on all of these social silos everywhere, but empowering the content creator. We're talking with Nelson Thal. He's uh, the man behind Hover. That's spelled H-V-R. This is a new type of browser that integrates a social component uh, to it. You can still surf all your favorite websites, but basically just signing up with them, you can engage in discussions uh, on any website with the community without having to sign in to like CNN or Toronto Star or, or, or what have you. Uh, what platforms is this available on? Nelson? This is for um, Apple and Android. So it's available in the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store. This is just a mobile play right now. Is it available on like Windows and Mac? Not right now. It's purely mobile browser for, for right now. It will be in the future. I want to thank you for joining us today. And uh, we're excited to, to try this out with our Get Connected content as well. Thank you so much. Yeah, you can check, check us out at the App Store or at hover.world that's hvr.world that was nelson thal from hover when we come back from the break more tech to talk stay tuned you are back with the program mike and john here uh john you came across a really interesting site that sounds weird <laughs> yes it does it's weird it's scan of the month dot com dot com yeah and Basically, what they do is they post uh, themed CT scans of various objects. So a CT scan like you'd get on your knee or your... Right, right. Your head. (laughs) So, but what they do is with this is they actually sort of delve into sort of the engineering behind some of the common things that you might not know. And uh, this month they, or in February, sorry, or yeah, this month actually, uh, they did a bunch of food 
let's call them containers. Okay. And so they, the first scan that they did, which I thought was really kind of cool, is you know the the lid of the ketchup bottle that you that you put upside down, kind of like a tube of toothpaste. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of engineering in to make that not leak. Yeah, so the ketchup doesn't ooze out. Right. Yeah. So this site actually gives you like a little animated video of the scan yeah. and shows you inside things that common everyday things that you wouldn't necessarily be able to well, see. Well, Heinz must love that. Yeah. Well, here's all our trade secrets <laughs> on this stupid site. Yeah. But the, it's really kind of kind of cool because they really do get into the sort of the history of some of these things and the design evolution. Yeah. So it's a very kind of a nerdy site, but it's also kind of a really interesting site. But so with that 3D, like MRI, it's like a full 3D in-depth scan. Yeah. 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 And so what other kind of things did they scan? Um, well, they've scanned AirPods. Oh, Inside of AirPods. Okay, because they, they can go right, it's like... Yeah, yeah. yeah. They've, they've done like instant cameras, like how does it work, you know? Yeah. It's kind of like that, that the TV show, you know, how it's made. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like how it works. Yeah. Because they show you how these things work. And, you know, they they scanned uh, the, the Polaroid cameras and all those types of instant gratification photography things. It's almost like, yeah, it's like x-ray vision, really. Yeah. Yeah. But in 3D. Yeah. So the food packaging is the feature this month. And, you know, they got a nice little story about Heinz ketchup cap. They've got uh, crazy detail of, of this whole thing. The sriracha bottle cap. Yeah. Yeah. You know, seems, well, it's just a cap. What's so special yeah. about it? But The one with the rooster on the yeah, label. The yeah. Hot, the hot sauce that you don't like. Yeah. And so it just shows you from a whole new perspective how this stuff works. And the site's really easy to navigate. As you scroll, it sort of animates these little images. Um, Even a bottle of um, a a Tetra Pak lid for coconut water has some crazy engineering in it. Like, I know this sounds really stupid and nerdy, but it's actually quite fascinating. Yeah, and, and they actually go, like I said, they go into quite a lot of detail from an engineering standpoint as to what's inside, what's going on yeah. there. So you Why actually, are these ridges here? Why is yeah. that funnel there? That type of thing. What, what, what did you find the most interesting? I mean, they did food stuff, this like food containers. Uh, you talked about AirPods, cameras. Well, the, you know, seeing what's inside an AirPod, it's such a tiny little thing. Yeah, like how much can they possibly cram in there? Yeah. And it's a lot. It's, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Know? And they just go into all the sensors. The, this is... This particular one is uh, about the evolution. This is from October of uh, 2019. These scans were done. And they basically go through all the different models of the AirPods. And the- so you can actually see the changes over the years. Yeah. 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 And even the, the latest AirPod third generation. Yeah. It's just, but, it's- yeah. But it's amazing. I'm just looking at it on the screen with you right now. And you would be blown away at how much circuitry... I don't know what else that other stuff is that they've packed into those tiny little earbuds. Sensors, yeah. batteries, all that kind of stuff. And it's just, it's just wild. And again, scanofthemonth.com. Yeah. And why do they do this? Are they making millions? You don't ask why. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Lego. They got Lego figurines? Minifigs, yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, so you can see what's inside your Lego minifig. Yeah. Yeah, it's... It's a neat site. It's worth 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 checking out, I think. Okay, we're going to have to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about a new site that uh, is wasting our time now. Wordle. Remember Wordle? You still doing that every day? Yep. Okay. And then there came the song one. Hurdle. Hurdle. And now there's a new one that gets you to try to identify 
a movie. It's called Framed. Yes. And it gives you a screenshot. You get, I think, five or six chances. And from that, you have to guess what movie it's from. But we'll tell you more details when we come back from the break. Yeah, you're welcome for getting addicted to it. I know. Thank you. (laughs) We'll be back right after this with your new daily waste of time. You are back with The App Show. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. We've talked a lot about Wordle, which was uh, actually purchased by the New York Times. They've been making little tweaks and changes that have been upsetting many people, but it still remains one of my my uh, daily little snacks I like to have. It's just so simple, right? You get a few chances to, to guess the word of the day. I still find, you know, there's a lot of clones of that now. It's still the simplicity. It just beats everything else. Yeah. Well, and it, like you said, it's snack-sized. So, you know, you turned me on to Hurdle. I think, to me, that's not as accessible, John, because with Wordle, I don't know. It's just, I think it's easier to guess. The, it's not easy, but you don't have to know all the words, right? True. Yeah. You kind of have to know words, but but with Hurdle, if you don't know Elton John songs, for example, and that's the song of the day, then you're done. Yeah. But the next day you'll know in one second what it is. So I got to be honest, I tried Hurdle for three days and I didn't know any of the songs. And so I'm just like, no, done. So you've got a new new one here. Yeah, I, I found a new one. Shout out to Michael Kwan for uh, this on Facebook for infecting me with it. It's called Framed. Framed, and the website is framed.wtf. Let's say it's what the film. What the film. Um, <laughs> it's probably something else, but uh, basically, like you said uh, before, the premise is you're shown a very specific and cropped screenshot of yeah. a frame of the movie. Yeah. And it's not easy. Well, unlike Hurdle and Wordle, there's no skip button. So you have to make a guess. Yeah. And um, so you have to make a guess. And then if you guessed wrong, you'll see the next frame. So, okay. So I'm just, that's the thing about Wordle though, John. Um, each Each guess gives you helps you get to the next one right right because then you know what letters aren't in it anymore and what letters are whereas hurdle and even this one here your guesses mean nothing correct yeah but keep going yeah well that and and that's that's the game so but um the other day I, i was doing it and it took me all six guesses to see the final frame made sense all the frames up until that final frame, and because this is this happened in the past, I'll I'll spoil it for you. But the movie was The Exorcist. Yes, I think it was nineteen seventy or something like that. Yeah, um, and all of the shots, all the frames, still frames, screenshots, whatever you want to call them, up until the last guess was a room or something else. <laughs> it's so indescript, right? Yeah. The, yeah. Then the final one was literally uh, the exor the the uh, what's her name. Um, I can't remember her name now. No, the girl that's possessed. Yeah, floating yeah. above the bed. So that, like, yeah, you, bam. You, knew, you knew what it was. Usually by the last one, you'll if you've even remotely heard or seen the movie, you get it. Again, it's called framed.wtf. That's all the time we have. i got to thank John, uh, my co-host and producer, and, of course, Robin, that helps uh, put all of this together. We'll see you again next time.
You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, TuneIn, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.